Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the HIV Podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. This episode contains sexual references throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Much. I always feel like you're welcoming me personally. No, not you. <laughs> I see you all the time. I'm welcoming everyone else. All the new listeners. Yes. We actually do have a, we had a massive surge last week. People would have seen on Instagram stories because I had a little panic. I can't lie. I instantly thought, oh God, what is happening? This is, is it good? Is it bad? But we found that it was all through Samsung podcasts in America. So hello, American Samsung podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us. We hope you're still here. Welcome. They are still here. Once you start, you can't stop. I know that's probably a phrase for something else. But anyway, what a drama it's been this morning trying to record this. Well, what time? We said we would start recording about half 10 this morning, didn't we? It's yeah. now 12 o'clock. <laughs> In location changes. That's that that occurred. Another lap, a laptop change. Yeah, it's it's been a lot. I tried to change my computer. To be honest, it's all just been a bit of a nightmare. We won't go into all of it, but you're lucky it's even happening, to be fair, aren't they? I feel like everyone is very lucky that we've managed to get to a point where we're able to record today. So well done us. Oh, for persevering, my goodness me. I mean, we are the epitome of podcast efficiency, aren't we? So <laughs> an hour and a half to get to the starting point. You're all welcome. Oh, I'd better be worth it, hadn't it? <laughs> all the build up. Um, oh, so... News corner. I have news. Um, first of all, many people might have seen that we've now landed on Twitter, which is good. And I thought in terms of we just want to spread HIV awareness far and wide and get everyone HIV educated. So just another way to share the platform. So if you haven't seen it and you're on Twitter, please do go and give us a follow and a like and a share and all of that jazz that you do a tweet. Just went to the HPE conference. We were there Friday, weren't we? Yes. Mm. Yes. That was all good. Very interesting, very interesting, and a lovely lunch. So, you know, really interesting, beautiful venue, gorgeous Mm. venue, wasn't it? And obviously some of you might have seen our posters and our leaflets there. And if you're new, because you only just heard of us because of that, 
again, hi, welcome. Please stay with us. Might not be everything you expect to start with, but, you know, just stick with it. And, right, I've got more news, Sarah. I'm just battering you with it. Go for it. As you know, we like raising lots of awareness around other HIV events. So if you have anything going on, do let us know. We're more than happy to share it on the podcast. You know, we we want this to be a little community thing. In light of that, we also want to share accounts that are really helping to educate, raise awareness around HIV. And I have someone that messaged us because they're really enjoying the podcast. His name is Kevin Hiscox. And he shared, and by the way, I have permission from him to share this with you. But yeah, he was diagnosed uh, with HIV in May 2018. And he said, although he's extremely relaxed and open about his status, it's only recently that he's begun to speak openly on social media. And it's to show that there's no shame at all in being positive. And he even got his very first tattoo, which was to do with HIV, which is a plus symbol on his arm. And it's to represent his status. And he said when he's been asked, he loves being asked about it because it gives him an opportunity to talk and share his experience of living with HIV. Isn't that amazing? That is clever. And look, I've got to hear for you, Sarah, of his tattoo. Oh, hold it up a bit more. Up, 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 up. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I see. Oh, that's brilliant. What a good way to get conversation started. I love it. So we will tag him. He's given us permission to share the photo of the tattoo as well. Thank you very much, Kevin. Um, So we'll tag him in there. So please do go and follow him. And Kevin, I don't know if you're on Twitter. We're only just on Twitter. But if you're on Twitter, let me know because we'll tag you in there as well. Do you know what I was going to say then? I was going to say, oh, Kevin, welcome to the family. And then I thought, do you know, that sounds quite sinister. It sounds like we're starting a cult. I know. Yes. <laughs> definitely I'm not. But... <laughs> oh, dear. No. It's like a little, I feel like we are like a little network of of listeners and we're all a little community together. So like I said, if if anyone's out there and they want to share their profile and the awareness they're they're raising around HIV or you've got any events going on, anything, just let us know. Honestly, Mm -hmm. just drop us a DM. It's easy to find us now, seeing as we're on lots of platforms. Fabulous. So what are we doing today? Because I know last episode you said 80s. Is it 80s? No, I've changed. Okay, so yes, we were going to go to the 80s, my comfort zone for everybody who perhaps tuning in for the first time. The 80s is where I love to be. But no, because the last couple of episodes, we've been looking at what HIV is and U equals U, and we've had really good feedback. We're going to carry on in this vein, and we're going to look at sex and protection. (gasps) Oh, I love it. Makes me want to sing the salt and pepper song. Let's talk about sex baby if we had the rights i'd actually play it if we had any money to buy things like that but we don't oh yes but you know we might as well we've gained a whole host of new listeners that say hopefully they've listened to the first two episodes but it is you that have inspired this miss harding when you were talking about risk and everybody's different perception of what risk is and you're absolutely right everyone does have a different perception so we need to set the record straight on this and uh, ascertain what actually is risky sexual behavior and what isn't okay I'm gonna let you off changing episodes then because that is a great shout because I know we're gonna do 80s like you've said it is literally Sarah loves the 80s if you're new here just go back and listen to literally any other episode where she's just talked talk to us about Pixie Boots and Holly Johnson, who who now, can everyone believe, is actually a follower of ours. <gasps> it's funny, I knew we'd made it. It's like, well, I don't you know, why are we carrying on? But we are. It's fine. So, yes. So, are you ready for all things sexual? I feel this is inspired by our sex dream chat on last episode. I feel like maybe that's got a little bit to do with it also. Oh, well, okay. 
let's not relive that. Ready, and this is yeah, perfect. I think this is such a good idea because again, I don't think we really discuss risk levels. Well, I would say we don't because of the amount of people that come through adults to test that like exactly like we said, everyone's risk levels are very different and not a lot of people are aware of when they're at risk and when they aren't perhaps. So let's go. Okay, let's go. So yes, sex and risk, that's what we're looking at. And also, and this is for me, no one's asked me to do this. This is just for me, myself. I was thinking, how does the HIV virus get into your bloodstream when you have sex? I never knew. So we'll Okay, another good bit. shout. Yes. So I'm giving the people what they want and also what I want. No, I like it. Do I need to put like a graphic warning on the episode? Um, I don't think. Oh, mate. Oh, I don't know. See, do you know, that's a good point. Because we work in this sector and because we talk about things like this a lot, I don't see it as being graphic. But you do wonder if the average person on the street might go, she's mentioned the word vagina. So I'll have a think about that. But I mean, if you're of an, I was going to say nervous disposition, Sarah's no. not going to scare you. That's <laughs> fine with penis chat. Uh, but maybe if you've got kids in the car or something, perhaps think about whether you want them to hear this. I don't know. I don't know what kind of disclaimer that was, but it, you know, it was better than nothing. Yes. Okay. You ready? So let's look at risk levels. So HIV is present in bodily fluids. We know this. I won't put you on the spot this early on. Ready. <laughs> but we know it is present in blood, semen, secretions in the vagina, secretions in the rectum or bum, and breast milk. It is not in saliva, urine, feces, or tears. So when you see newspaper stories of someone being spat on and therefore risking being an HIV, that's just the papers making a big deal out of nothing. But they might be open to other infections, so it's always best to get checked out. Yeah, they love they love one of those stories, don't they? You know, yeah, why is that? Why is that the one story that they kind of hone in on? If and I know it's normally to do with the police, isn't it? A policeman was spat out, and now he's at risk of HIV, and you think, but he's not. It is another way to stigmatize HIV. It is another way to sensationalize it. Um, yeah, and I, I think the newspapers are just going, yeah, well, this person's told me they're at risk because the person that's fat at them is positive. So I'm just going to go with that. And it's like such irresponsible reporting. Mm, it's very strange. And even if you come into contact with someone's bodily fluids, which is a very Here we go. if you have sex with someone, you know, they've got to be positive and they've got to be detectable. So the risks are quite low in any kind of scenario. We know that most people who are positive are on medication, so they're undetectable. So the highest risk comes from those who don't know their HIV status, not those that do. And I just don't know how many times we have to say this before it sinks in to the general public. Because as you said, people uh, with HIV, they get really bad press. They're not a risk. Right. And I actually think we're going to have to say it 10 times, actually more than 10 more times. I was going to say for every newspaper story, that has a headline around my HIV scare horror where they use such awful terminology like that because we know we've seen it. Every time there's a newspaper headline like that, we need to be saying there isn't that risk like a hundred more times. Mm. I feel like it's it's like, um, it's weighty and treacle, isn't it? It's really hard every time a sensationist story comes out like that. It's hard to counteract that information. Yeah, but everyone should bear that in mind. That's kind of uh, how we can move forward with this. Now, the virus has got to find a way into the body, right? An entry point that could be through an open wound, 
but I mean, that's rare, isn't it? You basically, a positive person with a detectable viral load would have to bleed into someone's open wound. And I mean, it just doesn't, you know, we've got 700 service users and not one of them has ever come into that kind of circumstance. Medical thing. But let's also say that if you're bleeding, blood is coming out of you. And if someone else is bleeding, blood is coming out of them. It's not a suction device. That should be fairly difficult, I'm imagining, if two lots of people have blood coming out of them to then try and force your blood into. I'm not saying impossible. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying it's, again, it's another hurdle. So that's, I mean, but it is a way it could happen, but come on, it's like the most unlikely way ever. So the other point of entry is through a mucous membrane. Well, I'll start that again, because this, every time I've practiced this, it's been like, what? So the other point of entry is through a mucous membrane, moist membranes lining body cavities that are not protected by dry skin. Now that's a bit of a mouthful, I know, but think rectum, vagina, urethra, and the underside of the foreskin. They are all good, moist places. So all the kinds of places, without grossing everyone out, but all the kinds of places that you might get like a yeast infection or something. No, but Sarah's actually dying with laughter. <laughs> Those warm, moist places, right? What a lovely way to remember them by. Um, well, yes, I suppose so. I suppose like the way to think of it, if it's a moist membrane-lined body cavity, it's a risk. Does it feel moist? Yes. Is it a cavity? Yes. Get your condom ready. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Is it open to yeast infections? Yeah, you can't get yeast infections in anal yeast infections, can you? No, I'm not going to lie. I was just thinking that when that went on. I was like, hang on, can you? I don't know. (gasps) You can. Yeah. Okay, fine. So let's use our checklist again. Does it feel moist? Yes. Is it a cavity? Yes. Can you get yeast infections there? Yes. Condom at the ready. Amazing. Although I'm going to ruin this because your mouth is moist, isn't it? And that's not a risk. Mouth's not a membrane? Cavity. It's not. It's a cavity, isn't it? And it's moist and it's got, well, your lips are dry. So that surrounds it. So, but you don't get, you can't really catch HIV in your mouth. Oh, we're blowing our own kind of catchy theory. Oh, wow. But I liked it. I liked where you were going with it. I know. I thought I was onto something there. So I was about to ring public health. Got a new campaign. It's going to be amazing. Okay, so how does it get the virus? How does it get from your moist membrane-lined body cavity, which is how I refer to all of my orifices from now on? Love it. How does it get from there into the bloodstream? Well, the immune cells, well, we know the immune cells, the T cells, they're vulnerable to HIV, aren't they? So they've got to be present at the site of entry. So mucous membranes contain these cells, which makes sense because they're guarding all our orifices. And the same immune cells use the bloodstream to travel around. Okay. So that's how it travels. It sounds like a like a like an action movie, Guardians of the Orifices, doesn't it? Oh my god, that's perfect. We should pitch that to somebody. No one else nicked that idea, that's us. But with all any American listeners, there's bound to be someone with connections to Hollywood. Come on. Yeah, hit us up. Come on, get in touch with us. We've got more ideas. There's more where that came from. Guardians of the Orifices. But it is how it works. But it also explains why sometimes people don't contract HIV when they sleep with someone who's positive with a high viral load. Because, you know, maybe there aren't immune cells present in that particular moist membrane-lined body cavity at that time. They can't be everywhere, can they? Otherwise, we'd never catch any illnesses. So I like to think at the beginning of each day, little T-cell planning meeting, and they're like, right, guys, who's going to guard where? Who wants to guard the underside of the foreskin? Complete silence. (laughs) Where would you choose? 
If you, if you were one of them, where would you choose? Oh, it definitely wouldn't be the underside of the foreskin. That's going to go to that T cell that's near retirement, isn't it? That's just given up. Oh, fine, I'll do it. Doesn't look like they're going to have sex today anyway, so I can just have a nap. Oh, I think, oh, see, now look, none of them would be a good choice for me. What about you? I think maybe in the vagina. I think maybe I'd, I'd guard the vagina. I just think interesting things happen there. You know, periods and tampons in and out, perhaps moon cups, you know, maybe, a you know, like a vibrator might appear at some. I mean, I just think you'd have, you know, like how in your working day you want to be busy. You want to see a lot of things. So the day goes fast. I feel like that's why I'd want to be in the vagina. Okay, I think what you're actually doing is describing your busy day, but that's fine. Okay, let's let's move on. <laughs> you know what? I would I would probably agree with you. I think it's it's maybe a bit roomier in the, in the vagina. cozy. I think cozy too. Yeah, and yeah. Okay, so there we go. That's where we'd guard. I didn't think this would go to there, but there we go. Right. So let's look at high risk activities. So there are two higher risk activities. So this is what people need to listen up for. If you're looking at kind of everything to do with sex, this is where the high risk is. And it's been proved by biological and epidemiological epidemiological evidence, scientists, scientific evidence. Very nice. Are the main ways in which HIV is passed on. Okay, so the first risky way is through unprotected vaginal intercourse. So HIV can be passed to either partner. But the greater risk is for the person with the vagina because it's taking place in their body cavity. That makes sense. Yes. And is that the same if you are a bottom rather than a top? Yeah. You're a bigger risk. So that's the other riskiest way. If you're having unprotected anal intercourse, again, with someone who's positive with with a detectable viral load, it can be passed again to either partner. So either the insertive or the receptive. So the insertive is the top, receptive is the bottom, but the risk is greater for the person who's the bottom. Yeah, happening in their cavity. Absolutely. It's good to know this. It's good to know that there are different levels of risk. It's not just, of course, we'd always say, you know, have safe sex, look after yourself, protect yourself, protect your partners. Definitely. And I think it helps for people if they're undecided about whether to go for an HIV test because some people are super super cautious aren't they you know we've had people come to test with us before said oh someone sneered on me on the tube and it's like okay I mean that's just not a risk and yet like you say we've had other people in the past that have had unprotected sex and like well but am I at risk so maybe it helps people make up their mind I think you're absolutely right I think that's the scary thing that those the differences that we see the level of some people saying um I shook someone's hand I thought I saw they have a cut on their hand and I'm really concerned and they've been up for two weeks not sleeping or eating because they're so stressed out and that's no judgment don't get me wrong I'm I'm not judging someone that feels that way because you're not fully understanding the information there but then somebody else that says nah and this is a phrase I hate but that whole oh but they I think they look clean God, I hate that phrase. But we hear it. I'm going to mention it because we hear it. You know, we might dislike it, but we hear it a lot. How somebody looks must in some way correlate to their HIV status, which is bonkers. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, so if nothing else, this might help people sleep easier at night. Encourages them to test. I hope it encourages people to test and know their status. That is why we're always saying it's important to know your status, whether you're positive or negative, know your status. Yeah, Okay, so across the world, because this is a worldwide podcast, uh, in other countries, transmissions can occur in other ways and, and there can be greater risk. 
So sharing unsterilized uh, needles, for example, during pregnancy, childbirth or breastfeeding, receiving donated blood organs or injections in countries with inadequate screening or uh, lesser infection control procedures than perhaps we have over here. So I think it's probably worth mentioning those. But in this country, those are considered risks because we don't have that in this country. Mm. I was going there with that then, just waffling on. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Factors that increase the risk of sexual transmission. So we've said not every act of unprotected sex with an HIV positive person results in HIV transmission. But there are a couple of other factors that can make transmission more likely if you are sleeping with someone and you don't know their HIV status because we've said you know it doesn't always get passed on but some some risks or some factors ramp it up if you have other untreated sexually transmitted infections chlamydia gonorrhea and I know people will be saying well of course you know you get symptoms no not all STIs have symptoms Um, and also uh, it depends on who you're sleeping with if they're positive and they don't know their status uh, what type of strain of HIV they have it might be particularly aggressive And of course, how much HIV is in their bloodstream? How high is their viral load? You can't tell these things by looking at somebody. Uh, So which is why we go on and on about people using protection. Yeah. And we'll never stop. That's why we're doing this episode. Exactly. Now, one thing we get asked a lot, or I get asked a lot, I hope you do too. I hope people aren't coming into test just picking me for this. Uh, Oral sex. Yes, I do. Yeah. Ironically, in my little window period speech that I put a little clip out of, oral sex is actually one of the things I was thinking of when we were talking about levels of risk, because this is one I hear massively, definitely. So this is really good. I'm glad we're covering this. Oh, I'm glad it's not just me. People look at me and say, oh, she's got a kind face. I'll ask her about oral sex. No, no. Ask Jess. Like she'll know. Sarah will know. She's the one. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Been around the block a few times. (laughs) She's experienced. Okay, occasionally it can be passed, HIV can be passed from a positive person through someone sucking their penis, but it is quite rare. Other forms of oral sex are either very low or no risk at all. But if you are sucking someone's penis and they have HIV um, and a high viral load, potentially there is a risk there. It's a small risk. Obviously, it depends on the viral load, as I've just said, of the person with HIV. It also depends on the dental health of the person performing oral sex. Okay, I, I prefer the terms uh, uh, performing oral sex. I know you had to be graphic there, but I, I don't think I've ever heard you say sucking someone's penis. Oh, well, I didn't want to kind of shy away from it. And I didn't want to be really kind of blunt either. It's hard to pitch these things because you don't yeah. really know who your audience are. So I think that's not too graphic. No, but uh, my kids have probably never been so proud as they are of me at this moment. <laughs> I'm also glad we put a disclaimer in at the start. Now, <laughs> now I'm hearing the content. Oh, okay, so hopefully that helps with the whole oral sex thing. Um, yes, I think it's more to do with the the dental health of the person that's performing the act. Yes, rather than the person who's got HIV. The other thing we should mention is um, HIV can be transmitted by sharing sex toys. So um, like butt plugs, for example. So they should be covered with condoms or disinfected between each use. I mean, I'd hope people would disinfect them anyway, surely. Surely people clean their toys after they've used them. You'd hope so. I don't know. It's a passion. You might not remember to do it afterwards. But yes, very, very good advice. This is the thing. When we're at Pride, um, I've had people say before, I don't 
I don't need a condom. I don't sleep with anyone with a penis. And I'll say, would well, you use sex toys? Um, do you use anything like a vibrator or a dildo? Yep. Okay. Well, you can do you use them with a partner. Yes. Okay. Well, you can use a condom on those. And that way you're not having to then go and disinfect and all of that mm. jazz. You can just use a condom on your vibrator or your dildo and then just take that off at the end of it. And uh, yeah, keeps you both nice and safe. Just good etiquette, isn't it? I think so. Okay. Now, impossible routes of transmission. Let's clear this up once and for all. There have been no documented cases of HIV being passed on through coughing, sneezing or spitting, kissing, hugging, shaking hands, sharing cut replates or cups breathing the same air, using the same lavatory, mosquito or animal bites. I can't believe breathing the same air is in there. Yes. And again, I've, I mean, we always put the sources of where we take this information from. This is, I made made this up. Don't make anything up. <laughs> Someone has written this. Yeah, imagine there's some people saying, oh, I breathe, breathe that, that person's air. Imagine if you actually thought that. How must you go through life? Because you can catch loads of stuff through breathing someone's air. It's depressing that we have to keep listing all these things because mm. I really feel that people should know and it should be obvious but we just have to keep on saying it and I think it's important even the things we think are obvious to keep going over them because you you will we will reach somebody that isn't aware and so even if they're like oh okay I thought you could get it by mosquitoes if it's just one person fantastic so remember everyone keep telling everyone impossible routes of transmission yeah they are just as important I think I think you dispel a lot of myths in that way but there you go the risks and roots of contracting HIV done. Is that it? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Was quite graphic in some ways, but I am a hundred percent with you that we shouldn't shy away from it. Because with the crime season, we knew no one was really addressing what had happened in those um cases. And and it's a bit the same with this sex episode. We want to actually tackle things head on and talk about the things that maybe not everyone's wanting to address or talk about. So well done, Sarah. There we go. We've done it. Much so, yeah, enjoyed it. The moist cavities. Moist. Do you know some people really hate that word? There's probably some people that haven't actually made it all the way here. If you have, well done, everyone. Oh but no! Some people we really put trigger warning in. Oh, am I going to have to do a trigger warning for the word moist at the start? Oh, I don't think moist is a kind of bad, but moist membrane lined body cavity that might trigger some people. I liked it. I very, very much enjoyed it. But no, super, super useful episode. Yeah, just very important that we just keep talking about this, as we said. In a lighter note, I went back to my mother after you had bought some thermals on her advice. Because, you know, look, I've got a hat on. Winter is here. Yeah, it's here. Chilly. So I said I would ask her for more tips in our last episode. You're welcome, everyone. Oh, so that we can keep our body cavities warm this winter. How are we going to do this, Jess? You can keep them warm and moist, I suppose, can't you? Because if they're warm, then they're moist. Right. Are you ready for this? As soon as it gets dark, close your curtains. Oh, wow. Okay. What curtains are used for anyway? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that she's coining it as a tip. Although I should say, I literally, I thought I'm going to put her on the spot. I didn't want her to think about it too much. So I just rang her up out of the blue and went, how would I stay warm this winter? (laughs) So she was... A bit on the hop. This one I very much like. A little DIY draft excluder, like a towel. Don't have to go out and buy one. Don't have to spend money. Put it along the bottom of your door. Oh, just roll a towel up. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Good one. And then she said, or you could put a rug over yourself. And then we had an odd exchange about whether she meant blanket or not. She definitely meant blanket. And then two days later, she sent me a whole explanation because she'd been away and looked up from why it's called a blanket. 
She said, just so you know that I'm not quite as mad as you think I am. Smiley face. Why are blankets called rugs? Question mark. (laughs) This is how my mum messages me. Besides clothing, rug was a fabric for making blankets and wraps used as bedding or simply to keep warm. Hence the synonymous use of a rug for a lap robe. What is, I didn't actually read this message when she sent it, I can tell. Which refers to a blanket for the legs, lap, feet and used by a traveller. So there we all go, everyone. Every day's a school day. Rugs can also be called blankets and blankets. Maybe I don't think you called a blanket a rug. But anyway, so there we go. Thanks, Bernice. We'll be staying warm this winter because of you. Well, you can go back to her this week. This week's question, Bernice, which moist membrane lined body cavity would you guard? Oh, my God. I'm actually going to ask her that. (laughs) And Sean, our boss, love to know which one you choose. God, I hate you so much. Do you know know why she's saying this? She's so mean to me because I'm the one that has to go and get this information. (laughs) I'm the one that's going to give me a list of all the moist, were they? Moist, Moist membrane. membrane lined body cavities. Do you know today what they are? Yeah, go on. Okay, so we are talking about. So your choices are rectum, vagina, urethra, and the underside of the foreskin. Okay, and actually, anyone listening, if you want to let us know, please do. Because I actually want to see what's the most popular. T cells just go up in my estimation all the time. I never thought they had to guard these areas of our body. Is it not yes, bad it? enough that they're floating around the bloodstream getting smacked in the face by HIV cells? They've also got jobs like this to do. I, I, I just didn't imagine that that's what they'd, that they'd be down in our genitalia, you know, all up in our they're butts. everywhere, Jeff. Apparently so. I mean, they're all saying like mouth, nose, ears, eyes. They're, you know, they're everywhere. You sounded like you were going to burst into head, shoulders, knees and toes, you know, and eyes and ears and mouth and nose the rest of it but they have to look after everywhere but the poor ones that have to look after those areas they're getting a bit of a raw deal aren't they i think you're wrong maybe they're the rock stars they're the lucky ones they're like hell yeah see you later ear cavity one with your waxy day you know i'm off to your urethra see you later maybe we're getting it wrong it's the other way around yeah maybe yes the important job just because i'm not keen on those cavities doesn't mean that they're not you're absolutely right never a dull moment it really isn't is there i and, and i'm no. i'm sort of slightly fearful about what next week's episode's going to bring now oh well next week i can tell you exactly what we're going to do we are going to look at uh protection condoms and prep because we talk about it so much we're going to go into it in a bit more detail and we're going to look at how you actually use a condom you put on a condom and uh, we talk about prep as well. Literally sounded like I didn't know what I was talking about then. I do. I was just scrolling down to it. I'm yes. very excited. So we will do a condom demonstration, won't we, Jess? <gasps> oh, I am. I'm actually really excited for the condom demonstration. Who's doing that? Is it you? No. I don't do anything manual, Jess. Fair enough. Right. I'll see you for getting a condom out and putting it on a fake penis. Shall I put it on a penis or a, on a banana? I suppose. Oh, we were going to say, shall I put it on a... On a real penis? No, no. Let's, the let's penis. just use a fake one, shall we? Huh? <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to a real penis. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Any of your neighbours around who'd be willing to oblige? I know Ben's at work. And none of my neighbours have penises. Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.